Hello, listeners. Welcome to Benny on the Mic. Hope everyone had a productive week for yourselves and are ready to do it again this week. By the way, how many of you all actually took my advice from my last segment and actually implemented it? If you all forgot, I'm going to go ahead and refresh it for you. So basically what I told you guys to do was look in your personal circles and identify the negative people and the positive people. Those who are negative, cut them off for right now. You know, people always say you got friends in your your life for certain seasons. Like right now, it's just not time for those kind of people to be in your life because you're trying to strive and better yourself. And then those who are positive, you know, keep them in your corner because they always been there from from when you were down to where you up at now. And so those are people that, you know, I just told you, just show them some appreciation and let them know that you love them. And hopefully, you know, that exercise actually benefited majority of you guys who actually did it. And then for those who didn't, I'm just going to pray for y'all. But, you know, this week I wanted to talk about free agency. Um, I wanted to talk about March Madness. And then later on, I'm going to give some, you know, positive words to leave you all with. Because I always want to keep the mind positive and make sure that I'm pouring in and doing my doing my part and my due diligence. But first, we're going to jump into this free agency. Now, there was a lot of big names, you know, as I mentioned last week. A lot of big names in free agency, especially in the safety position. And um, a lot of guys got paid. So I'm just going to talk about a couple of notable free agent signings who got that bag. So first on the list was the Honey Badger, Tyran Matthews. He signed a three-year, $42 million deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, last year, Tyran was in the same situation. and He was in free agency, and he signed a one-year deal with the Houston Texans. Now, he's going to bring a lot of toughness to the squad because even though the Chiefs had a powerhouse offense, they were also giving a ton of yards and they was giving up a ton of points as well. So me personally, you know, I'm a defensive guy, so I don't like to see too much of an offense versus offense type of game. You know, I like to see offense go through some adversity at times and, you know, see how they figure out a defense. You know, I think that's really like going like build them up and push them forward going into, you know, deeper in the season. And so, you know, me personally, I just feel like if the defense can set the tone, which that's something that they'll be able to do now in the back end, set the tone, then now they'll be on the same page. You know, a lot of times, you know, the team, like the Chiefs, you know, they were depending heavily on, like, their pass rush and their front seven. But this is a passing league now. You got to have DBs that can stick with receivers. And you got to have a good good um back end as well and that's what Tyran Matthew will provide and also this helps the Chiefs out because now they don't have to rely on Eric Berry always being on the field you know Eric Berry been going through a lot of like um, illness and things that you know he doesn't really have control over so you know I just hope you know when he does get a chance to get back on the field and him and Tyran Matthews are back there together you know they should be doing damage next up we got Let's see, Kawan Alexander. He was formerly playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, but unfortunately he had an ACL injury. So, you know, he couldn't finish out the season, but the 49ers did sign him to a four-year, $56 million deal this year. So I guess they believe that, you know, even though he had that injury, they strongly feel he will be on the field to help that young defensive squad get better. So, I, you know, I wish him the best of luck. Next, we got Trent Brown. He was an offensive tackle for the New England Patriots last year. He just signed a four-year, 
$66.8 million deal with the Oakland Raiders. Now, the Raiders have been a team that's been making a splash this free agency, not just, you know, with signing Trent Brown, but they also, you know, got a receiver, Antonio Brown, who I feel by far is the best receiver in the league and in this decade. And I just feel like right now they're just on top of their game. John Gruden, he came in last year, you know, with the plan. Everybody was questioning, why'd you give up your star players like Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack? And John Gruden just ignored the noise because he's like, this is my ball club now. You know, I'm back. You guys wanted me back. You gave me a 10-year contract. So I want to, you know, implement that right now. I want to start building now getting pieces and building it for the future you know and I think this is going to be good not just for them you know on the field but also in, in the business um, state of mind so you know they moving to Vegas and everything so that should be interesting to see you know how how much uh, business they gain from just adding Antonio Brown and a couple of other additions that they have this year in free agency already but you know back to the Antonio Brown um, you know this it was a trade for a third round and a fifth round pick. And that's all they had to give up. Mind you, the Oakland Raiders, when they traded Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, they got first round draft picks for both of them. So they still have all three of their first round draft picks for this upcoming draft. And, I, you know, it's just interesting to see what John Gruden's mindset is, how he's going to, you know, maneuver um, the, different, the different trades. And is he going to either trade these draft picks or is he going to actually draft players? You know, just don't know. I mean, last year, you know, he was getting a lot of veterans on the team. And I'm guessing the reason was is because he knew that he was trying to, it was on rebuild mode. They were in rebuild mode. And, um, you know, I just think also, too, Antonio Brown, a guy like him coming onto a team like the Oakland Raiders who struggled on offense to be productive, now he's going to bring that safety net to him. Now he'll be able to get the ball, Derek Carr be able to get the ball to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown will be able to make something happen. You know, his stats at the end of the day speaks for itself. You know, for the last couple of years, he's been by far the MVP. But I just feel like with his position, you know, they, you know, overlooked that. And you can't really compare a quarterback to a receiver, which is understandable. But he just does so much um, in his past year with the Pittsburgh Steelers over and over again, making clutch catches and just doing what he does best. And that's be, be a baller. Next on the list, we got Trey Flowers. He's also uh, one of the guys that was with the New England Patriots last year. And he signed a five-year, $80 to $85 million contract with the Detroit Lions. Now, he went probably went to the Detroit Lions because of his old defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia. He was also affiliate and defense coordinator for the New England Patriots. But he's now the head coach for the Detroit Lions. But, you know, with the scheme that Detroit runs... And now that um, one of their pass rushes is getting a little bit older, you know, Trey Flowers is a guy that you can plug in, not just, you know, on the end, but they also can plug him in in the middle to go against centers and guards. And he has pretty lengthy arms to where he can win a lot of battles in the trenches. So yeah, I think that was a great addition um, for the Detroit Lions. Next on the list, we got Nick Foles who just signed a four-year, $88 million deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Nick is one of them guys that wasn't a starter the last two years. You know, he didn't shine until the end of the season. So, Carson Wentz will make it to, like, week 10, week 11, and then he goes down with an injury. 
Nick Foles comes in, leads the team to into the playoffs. You know, before that even happened, no one had hoped that the Eagles were going to even make the Super Bowl. They thought it was it was over for them. But they made it to the Super Bowl. And if for some reason, when Foles got a, he got his opportunity, he was very calm, very cool and collective. And I think that's what Jacksonville needs right now is because they had a quarterback who would get fluttered under pressure. And also, too, he was trying to make like big-time throws when he could have made the smarter throw. And that's what Nick Foles is going to bring is he's going to bring that intelligence. And also, too, he's going to help the defense get a rest. You know, I felt that Jacksonville Jaguar lost that lost their um, identity on defense. You know, the following year, they were lights out. You know, they were stopping everybody. But it seemed like it was a, just a lot of pressure, and they just went down. And it was a lot of confusion and miscommunications. So I just hope, you know, they get back on board and they have a breakout season this year. And then lastly, but not least, Landon Collins. Now, this is a guy last week I was talking about in my um, segment about who the Redskins I felt should strongly, you know, reach out to and try to get because he'll benefit us as far as in leadership. He's very instinctive and he's always around the ball. and He makes plays, you know, and um, we actually were able to pull the trigger on him this week. And I'm happy because this was something that the Redskins have needed for years. You know, they've always tried to get the best fit for the defensive scheme, but they never got a star player who's going to make a difference, who's going to be a game changer. You know, remember last week I was talking about we need game changers. Now, this is a guy who can actually change the game. And, um, you know, we haven't had a guy like that and make an impact, like I said, like the late Sean Taylor. So it, it's just I don't know what to expect as far as in if they're going to bring his number out of retirement and let Landon wear it for these next six years. It would be nice to see because I know he's going to play his heart out wearing at 21 especially if that's his idol. So, you know, congratulations to the Washington Redskins and Landon Collins. And I just hope Landon can bring, you know, the same intensity ball when he's with the Giants, bring that here to Washington because we need it. And also, too, you know, I'm just noticing a trend, but, you know, the Redskins got a lot of Alabama tied on their defense. And I think this is interesting because it's building chemistry because these are guys they're already familiar with. These are guys they've already played with for like some years now. So it's not like these are new guys that they aren't familiar. And when you got a defense that's already having a bond in their brotherhood, it's hard to move the ball against. It's hard to like disconnect them because they already connected. You know, like if one, if one person isn't doing their job, they know the other person got their back. And I, I kind of like that because it's building that family environment, but also too, it's creating a culture of, you know, we want to make sure that people fit and people feel comfortable in just playing football and not doing too much thinking, you know? So I, you know, I'm just excited about the moves that, you know, we made. That's one big splash that we made. And also too, we actually got a quarterback, um, Case Keenum. We actually uh, made it official this week. And he was a guy that I, I didn't really talk about. I should have talked about. I wasn't sure if he was a free agent, but unfortunately, um, he wasn't a free agent, but he was being traded and being shopped around by the Broncos. And we got a chance to uh, talk and see what that was like. And we took a chance and actually gave up, I believe it was just a six-round pick just for uh, Case Keenum. And Keenum's one of them guys that you put a team around him, he'll be able to lead you to a playoffs. He'll be able to lead you to an um, NFC championship, just like he did the Minnesota Vikings when he had that opportunity. 
and um, and we only got him for 3.5 million for one year. So I can live with that until you know we find a quarterback that we feel strongly about. And I think we're still going to go with a quarterback probably in this draft. Um, probably either first round or second round. But I hope it's second round because I want DK Metcalf at 15. So that's all we have uh, right now for notable free agents. But when I return, we're going to get into some March Madness. We're going to talk about, you know, who you all think should win. And I'm also going to get my thoughts on, you know, March Madness and, you know, what, what kind of feeling I get when I'm watching these games. So be right back. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm back. So, like I said, I was going to tell you about what March Madness, you know, what kind of feeling I get when March Madness comes around. So, you know, next week, you know, I do want to have a chat with you guys about, you know, who you guys want to pick to win the whole thing. If you guys do want to have a discussion, um, go ahead and send a, send something to my DMs at, at Benny underscore three times. And I'll let you know, you know, um, you know, who I think as well should win it also next week. But, you know, when March Madness comes around, you know, I'm excited. You know, I'm intensely watching the game. You know, the crazy part about it is that I don't get an opportunity to actually watch all of college basketball because there's so many games you got to follow. Because, you know, it's always in the midst of NBA and NFL. And so you really don't, you know, get a chance to watch it because it's kind of underlined. But, you know, what I always look for since watching March Madness is the lower seeds who, you know, going to shock the world. You know, and I like to see them go further than they should have. So I'm always getting an adrenaline rush because anything is possible and nobody is safe. Now, a team who's been a victim for the last couple of years has been the uh, Duke Blue Devils. Now, they're one of the most talented uh, D1 basketball teams that I know. And it seems like every year they get set up. I don't know if they the teams know that they're going to beat Duke or what is going on before, you know, that game starts. But they've been victims a few times. Now, you know, they aren't the only ones, so I'm not going to just pick on them. But they're the team probably with the higher ceiling to make it to that Final Four in the championship every year. Now, I hope this doesn't happen this year because this year's squad is a little different and they're one of a kind. And I look forward to seeing them play and go further um, in the tournament. But, you know, how many of you all are actually filling out brackets? So those who have filled out brackets, as I said earlier, you know, I'm going to um, do a nice little chat in my next segment. So just make sure you send me something in DMs and I would love to interact with you guys. But uh, today, you know, I want to end the show by sharing what my preacher spoke on this past Sunday. You know, his sermon was called Push the Reset Button. And what he was referring to was that no matter what or how many problems or um, complications that you go through in your day to day life, you have the option to press that reset button because God isn't finished with you. Now, throughout the sermon, he talks about some of his darkest moments um, of his life, some things that we didn't even know about him and his mom didn't even know, uh, which was kind of crazy. But, um, you know, because, you know, he was, he was just telling me, you know, the darkest moments of his life and, you know, because of certain individuals who were able to save him, it got him to realize that what he was set out to do, you know, ever since you know, that those dark times happened, he was able to believe that his calling was being a preacher. And so that stuck out to me because, you know, where I stand and the decision I made to move back home, 
was because I needed to reset my mind, body, and spirit. You know, I wasn't really going to church out there in Cleveland. You know, I didn't really feel like it was a home. So it was kind of like straying away from it. You know, I did get the word from time to time, but it wasn't really hitting me the way, you know, it was when I, you know, got back here. So, you know, I was able to, you know, reset myself and, you know, I was able to put together a plan and I'm implementing that plan. And, you know, it's something that truly makes me happy. So, you know, if you're an individual who you think this applies to you, go ahead and press that reset button. You know, after pressing that reset button, I want you to take some time out of your day this week and think about what you believe is your mission in your life and where you are and figure out how you're going to, you know, proceed and implement it. And it doesn't matter how big or small it is. You know, at the end of the day, if you believe that's your mission, then stand behind it and go for it. But that's all I got for you guys today. I appreciate you all listening. Stay tuned next week. And look forward to seeing some of those messages in my DMs about who you got to win for this March Madness tournament coming up. Peace.